Okay. We're going. You got plenty of echo, don't you? You want some more or you want some less? <laughs> it's up to you, man. I can give you all kinds of stuff. More gonna sound like shit. But, you know, it's, <laughs> we can make it sound like this, too. I like that. That's it. Why don't we put one? Do we have those capabilities in our studio? All you gotta have is one of these things right here. Who said that? <laughs> uh, I said it. I'm right here. How about you? I like it. I do the whole broadcast like this. That's, that's interesting. It's pretty fun. It feels good to sound like this. Yeah. I don't know who's talking. Yeah, it's all it's, it's bleeding through a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Here, we, here we are. I, I feel back to normal. Like, okay, <laughs> I like that. I was almost feeling like James Earl Jones. We'll get back. We'll get back to that. Uh, welcome to the show. This is a very special show right now. This you're listening to live to tape in the Feral Audio Network. This is Johnny Pemberton. You know, this is what it's what you're doing here. Uh, but today, my guest is the one and only Swamp Dog, Jerry Williams Jr. and Moog Star. And Moog Star. Hi. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thanks for Thank being you. here. Sorry. Thank you for having us here. I'm Thank stoked. You. I'm really excited. It's been a long time in coming. Yeah. Did it come? Come. Oh, where we're here. <laughs> I, I didn't come. I'm not going to come here. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I it's mean, not, like UBS. <laughs> anytime I say come, I'm going to mean it that in double ways. Oh, you have okay. To. <laughs> I'm always yelling at my dog saying, come, come. <laughs> But I don't want the dog to come on no, me. No, 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 no. It's disgusting. Oh, with no. Sorry, I had to say that. It's my joke. Hey, it's your show. Yeah. <laughs> my show, my shitty joke. I don't know where to start, really, because I mean, I've got so many cool questions. Who is that on your shirt? You. This is this guy, Lone Ranger. He's a reggae uh, musician from the '80s. This is an album he did in 1982 called. Barnabas and Collinswood. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's a really cool. It's a. I'm a big fan of uh of this this era of reggae, uh-huh. big time. And this is like, I guess a lot of those guys are really obsessed with British TV shows because that's the only thing they can watch down in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So they were all really into westerns and vampire shows. They look yeah. kind of like Suge Knight with vampires. He yeah. don't look like Suge Knight. <laughs> this guy's like a Suge Knight with like a hundred less pounds, probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or the Jay Z. Are we looking at the same thing? <laughs> Maybe my glasses are foggy. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'll show you the album cover. It's it's a crazy album cover. It's like the coolest album cover of all time, I think. Well, you know, obviously, Rat On is one of the top. Album yeah, I was covers waiting for you to correct. That. Yeah. Rat On's the Rat On's what got me into cool album covers, and then Barnabas and Collinswood was the second thing that I got into with that. So I mean, this. How did you guys start working together in the first place? So you guys are you guys do music together now, right? Yeah. Um, well, he's out of uh, the cameo camp and some okay. other people, and a mutual friend and business acquaintance. Who has now passed on? Wally Roker. He introduced us because uh, he just thought that we could would be good for each other. And I was trying to get out of the production recording um, um, uh, 
uh, what do you call it? Just the field? It. No, it, you know, like when you're doing something. When you're doing something uh, and you're really not progressing, you're coming, coming right back to the same thing. Yeah, like hitting a wall. Yeah, and I wasn't being creative enough mm-hmm. for, my, for me. Right. So I know, knew what other people must have been thinking. So we met, and that enabled me to lay some old R&B, rock and roll type ideas on him, Mm -hmm. and for him to bring in some new shit for me of what's going on right now. Right. You know? So we fuse that together. So you have like some new energy into the stuff that you already know because you've been producing records for like 40 years now, right? Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean 50, to put a number on it. No, nah, I don't okay. care. I love it. 50, <laughs> uh, really, before, about, damn, about 54 years. Yeah, I've been right. producing records. They ain't sound like shit, but I was producing them, you know. Yeah, so because I, I got into you because I found the record Rat On. That's what got me into Swamp Dog. Mm-hmm. And I was just hooked. And then I started you know, re- doing a lot of research and stuff and realizing that you have you've written like you've written a couple hundred songs at least, right? Close to 2,000. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I, I really love all that one. <laughs> Is that how you got into the music? Uh, was through songwriting or was it through performing? Um, both. Uh almost simultaneously because uh, apparently as a kid I could sing mm-hmm. and therefore uh, I was, although I was only maybe 10, 11, 12 years old, there were little society bands all over my district, which was Portsmouth, Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, and they would hire me to sing, even though I was too young to be in these places. Okay. How but old are you, like 15? I was much younger than that, oh, at least 12. But my mother and my father, they were also musicians, and they were out there with these same people. So it kind of like made it all right for me to do. So okay. I... Uh, I was singing. I was singing then. I wasn't singing that great, uh, you know. <laughs> I was singing, and, and there was a beach down there called Sunset Lake Park. I think they changed the name to Midway Park. If not, it was Sunset Lake Park. And uh, I used to. They used to bring us a, a star in every every weekend, mm-hmm. and I would open for the for the star. You know they. They gave me fifteen or twenty dollars, whatever it was. I was real enthused. Um, yeah. Do you remember who the first person you opened for was, or who was like the most impression made the biggest biggest impression on you back then? Oh, the biggest impression was made by a motherfucker named uh, Chris Kenner. Okay. Had that record, come on, let me show you where it's at, and he seemed like a he seemed real cool, you know? Yeah. And um, I 
went up and did my little thing. And uh, after I did it, he was going. He was coming up the same steps mm-hmm. to the stage. And uh, as we passed each other, he slapped the shit out of me. <laughs> And what? I rolled down the rest of the stairs, which was about maybe two or three, and uh, because he felt like I had upstaged him, oh, which man. I couldn't. He had the number one record in the country, and everybody loved it, including me. Damn. You know? So, but he got his comeuppance. He did. Oh. Uh, <laughs> everybody who fucks over me dies. Oh, who, else, I, who else is on that list? <laughs> no, King Curtis. King uh, Curtis? Yeah. I, I want to hear about this, man. He died. Well, I mean, I know how he died. King, didn't he get shot by his wife or some shit? Something nasty, right? No, he didn't get shot by his wife. He got stabbed. Yeah, but... Whoops. By, <laughs> uh, A hotel owner or some shit? No, you close, though. Uh, you want to keep guessing? Uh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't his girlfriend. It wasn't a hotel owner. It was a club owner. We got some... No, this was an apartment building that okay. he owned in New York. And uh was a little cheap ass. He would not <laughs> hire a uh, realtor company, you know, to pick it. Yeah. So he... And he considered... He was a badass, you know. Uh-huh. So he collected his own rent. Yeah. So he went by there and uh, he was trying to collect his rent and somebody stabbed him. I don't know if it was a man or woman. I think it was a woman, but they stabbed him. But the weird part about the whole thing was somebody walked into my house uh, that morning and they said, Guess who's dead? And I said, King Curtis? <laughs> Just like that. I mean, Holy shit. Because <laughs> he, he, he kind of, he fucked over what was going to be a real good career for me Damn. at Atlantic Records when I was working there. But, hey. Um, yeah, he's dead. Huh? He's dead now. So yeah, yeah. yeah. a bunch of motherfuckers like that. But you, you, how did you get in to start? How would the whole Atlantic thing come about initially? Were you they they bring you in to record, or uh, what were you doing there? I went over there and asked for a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I was with Musical Records. I had done, I had produced. She's a heartbreaker on Gene Pitney. Yeah. Count the days I'm gone, Charlie and Inez Fox, and so I, I had produced about four hits and a piece. Mm-hmm. And well, they never, they didn't pay me. I was working. Um, it's the only record company I ever seen where a producer had to punch the clock. When I wow. go in, I'd punch in, and I used to stay there sometimes all night long. Um, <laughs> on the clock, working on yeah, working on song, but the clock didn't go past a hundred dollars. I don't care. Okay. What you did, that's what I was making a a, a week, one hundred fucking dollars, and uh, and I was working in, I was living in, I was working in New York, and I was living in Miami, and Miami on the the plane was 
$59.22 from New York. And therefore, I had to take a little buddy from my wife, who was a telephone operator, and so I could get back to work. In New York? Yeah, early Monday morning. So you'd fly home every weekend? Yeah. Really? I mean, wow. Well, at that age, you know, how old was I? Okay, that was 1965. Okay. So in 1965, let me see, how old would I have been? It didn't, you know, time didn't really matter. I was, was just getting getting some things done. I'm saying, I was born in 42, and that was 65. So anybody who want to fuck with that, yeah, go I ahead on. I can't do it. You're probably 20-something, right? Uh, yeah, I had early. <laughs> 20, early 20s. Yeah. You do a lot year. of shit in your 20s that you can't do other times. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like sleep in Grand <laughs> Central Station, which was something I tried to do. Uh, Instead of flying uh, back to Miami. How long did you live in Miami for? Uh, about three years. Really? At that time, did you have anything to do with TK Records or any of that any of that uh, group at all? Or oh, yeah. Just... Yeah. Because you've worked with Clarence Reed before, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Clarence and I had a hit B-side together called Send Me Back My Money, <laughs> which was uh, the flip side of, I'm doing my thing. Nobody but you, babe. Yeah, nobody oh, but nobody you. Nobody but you. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, because that's his, that's his first record, right? From '75, I think. Yeah, okay. but he the the flip side was send me back my money. I gotta get that single. I just have the L, the LP. Yeah, it's funny. It's that's real. Cool. It's real funny. Yeah, because you guys have like a kindred spirit. I feel like there's like a there's like something there that you know. Uh, what would Clarence? Yeah, yeah, Clarence was something he did. But he didn't do anything to me. <laughs> he was yeah. Clarence just he was just. I, I think Clarence married an eleven year old girl and all Are that kind of me? shit. Yeah, I I picked him up one time from the when he played here about <laughs> six years ago. I had to go pick him up from his hotel because his whole band was drunk. Uh-huh. No one could drive. I'm like I'll go pick him up. Uh-huh. So I borrowed someone's car and drove to his hotel to pick him up. And when he got. Right before he got in the car, he pretended to piss on the hood as a joke. Uh-huh. And then, um, and he was telling me I should never get a tattoo because I look so clean and white that I shouldn't fuck that up with a tattoo or anything <laughs> like that. And then he told me that, uh, he just told me a bunch of weird stuff. He seemed like he's a pretty far out, spacey guy. Well, uh, yeah. you know a lot of the hits that he wrote. Yeah, I'm pretty into him. And so he... He had a Clarence was Clarence. Um, I'll give you two quickies. Um, I would work. There was a club called the Big Apple that I used to work in Fort Lauderdale. That's when I was laying, when I was standing in in Miami, and I uh, was almost considered a local because I had been there so long right. playing all the clubs. And one night, I was driving back to Miami from Fort Lauderdale, and who do, now this road was Tamiami Trail. I'm, <laughs> I was on Tamiami Trail, which was black, dark, everything, and 
alligators used to cross the road. And the road was just a little wider than this room. Uh-huh. And alligators would stop and then look at you, you know. And you best stop because if you run over one of them motherfuckers, it's going to tear your car up and then the other one going to come up and eat you up, oh. you know. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I saw Clarence walking down the down Tamiami Trail, just had a stick, and he was, and I, said, I said, Clarence, man, get in the car, don't you want to ride? No, man, go ahead on, he's walking good for you. And I saw him the next day, you know, I'm, he wasn't afraid of being attacked by alligators, or he wasn't, wow. he didn't care about, he didn't care about money, so you couldn't bribe him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he always had a car because Henry Stone, who owned TK, yeah. and was making zillions off of Clarence. Wait, you said who who owned TK? Henry Stone. Okay. I thought, I didn't know that. He Who you thought owned it? I don't know. I guess I always thought that, uh, I thought that H.W. Casey had something to do with TK. Like, who, Casey? Yeah. I when I Casey... met Casey, he was working in the uh, uh, Stock room. Really? Yeah, I taught him how to play them few little cards on the piano. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's K- funny. Casey wasn't nobody. I just thought it because of his ni- initials. It was something. I don't have any basis for thinking that. I just sort of like figured. Um, I don't know why. Because his, which is, his last name is, his last name is Casey, right? Because uh, 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 there's Richard Finch, right? That's another guy. Yeah, now. he was the one supposed to have been his partner. And okay. he took pictures and shit. Uh, yeah, Richard Finch. Willie Clark. H.W. Casey. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the H.W. stood for. And uh, Willie Clark was a writing partner with Clarence. Yeah. Supposedly he kind of fucked over Clarence is what I heard from him. From who? From Clarence back in the day. Because I guess something with this. Somehow, someone sold their rights before... Before people started sampling all that stuff mm-hmm. in the in the like the two thousands, mm-hmm. so I guess that um, Clarence sold his rights in the nineties. He might have, and I guess Clark. I don't. I can't remember what it was, but either way, there was some beef between those guys. I guess. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, they were good friends, mm-hmm. and um, they were nominated for Grammys and all kinds of shit, and. Um, uh, wait a minute. What was the point? What was our point before we got? Come about the guy who owned uh, TK oh, yeah. was taking all the money. Yeah, Henry Stone. Yeah, but um, he took it in a funny way. You know, it was like if you walk in, you got a hit record, and you walk in, and Henry would show you the chest. Hey, man, you number thirty two this week. You see it? Yeah, and you say. Uh, Henry, I need some money. God damn, I, you know, um, can I, everybody was asking in hundreds, you know, like, mm-hmm. can I have $300? And he would go, oh, motherfucker, uh, yeah, take this 150 and, you know, go fuck it up. He'd always give you some money. Okay. Out of his pocket. But not how much he actually owed you. No, and his <laughs> wife kept the books. Muriel, I think her name was, his first wife. Um, she kept the books. and But every, Henry made 
TK, which I think the T stands for tone, because mm-hmm. he had, you know, to- it, was, it was tone distributors. All right. Then all of a sudden it became TK. Um, I don't know if that was all of a sudden or not, but TK came along. Right. And um, I jumped off my point again. Oh, well, you talking about how he didn't pay anybody. Right. But he... Because Clarence, you say he couldn't be bought. No. Right, right, right. Um, he... No, he didn't really really pay anybody. Um, Is he a white guy? Of course. Yeah. Well, that's what I was about to ask you, because I feel like that's like a He's thing that a, happened he was, a lot. He was a Jew. <laughs> And uh, but he was the only game in town, right? And the thing is, you could go to Henry every day, which a lot of us did, because I was right there in the little thing trying to impress Henry with, "Hey, man, listen to this. I just wrote it." Right. He said, "I like that. Is that for me?" Yes, yeah, for you. And, and you go to his office, and he give you twenty five dollars. You know, for the song. So, uh, you didn't know that at the time, but yeah, yeah that's what. But later on, I retrieved all my shit because there was no paperwork. Okay, so he didn't really own it. He just he owned it until I knew better. Yeah, you know that was, uh, and then I registered it, and uh, my attorneys did whatever they had to do, and. Um, but overall, of the people that have fucked over me in the industry, um, Henry is way down at the bottom. He, he's got to be the last thing on the, on the scale because there was a lot of things that was done there, like learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I said, like, Henry, I want to go in the studio and, and do such and such. He said, well, you need who you need? And I said, well, I need a little beaver, and I need chocolate, and I need uh, so-and-so. And he said, okay, um, go on up there. I'll get them. And, you know, you go up there, and you start laying your track. Later, you find out it ain't shit. But it gave you a shot uh, to learn. It was... Uh, it was almost like a community college, you know. The label was. Yeah. Because it was like you had the house band. You could, like, you go in there and fuck around and, like, figure out how to how to record. Yeah. And it was more than a house band because everybody plays something, including me. Mm-hmm. So, it's well, hey, that would be great for, uh, for Jerry. Get, right. Yeah, man, let Jerry Williams do that. Uh, a, another uh, guy who fucked me around was... Um, he called himself Mona Lisa, and he was a tall, dark guy with his hair straightened and dyed blonde. Does that guy work for Cala Records, or is that someone else I'm thinking of? No, I was on Cala. Right, you were on Cala. That was the that was the first label you were on, right? No, hell was no. it? Well, the first is that the first single? The first single you cut was on Calor? No, no, no. I got internet's wrong, man. Black or something? The internet's totally wrong. <laughs> Wikipedia. They got my they got my birth date wrong. Really? You know? Yeah. Damn. Which they well, it's not much. You ain't but twelve months. I mean, they said 
I was born July 12, 1943, mm-hmm. and I was born in 1942. Yeah. And I don't mind saying it. I'm proud of it. Uh, I'm 75 and, and still kicking ass. You know? Say that again? <laughs> still kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> So you're talking about Mona Lisa, though. This, this yeah. Guy, Mona so Lisa. I had a song. Uh, Henry asked me to record Mona Lisa. So I wrote this song and I went in the studio and I cut Mona Lisa. And uh, about a week later, I was. Uh, listening to the radio and all of a sudden this jacket said we got a brand new record here by our own Mona Lisa and he started singing jump into my cattle no jump into my Chevrolet no 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 my 19 1964 something like that or something like that anyway what it turned out to be, uh, well, it was what it was, but he then in turn sold the publishing and his writer's rights, which he had none, uh-huh. to James Brown. Oh, shit. Who put it out as, I can't stand myself. Oh, well, that's a big I'm one. I'm something else. Yeah. Yeah. Now, for me... Well, first, I didn't have money to buy food, much more Sue James Brown, (laughs) you know. uh, (laughs) So I just, Mona Lisa's dead, by the way. Okay. Um, There you go, number number three (laughs) on the list. Follows James Brown. So, yeah. So James Brown. (laughs) But James. I I want to see this list, like, in stone. (laughs) You know, I like. Like tablets. I I should write that out, you know, like all the... (laughs) <laughs> All the people that are dead that fucked over me. Yeah. Well, we're getting through it right now, <laughs> listeners. If you want to transcribe it, go ahead. Transcribe all the transcribe the list and to live to tape podcast at gmail dot com. Yes. <laughs> Was um. She talked to him a little bit I, <laughs> while I assimilate my thoughts. Is that right? You can say that. I guess so. Where are you from? I'm from Minnesota. That's where I grew up. But I spent a lot of time in the South. My mom's from Louisiana, and I went to college down in Tallahassee. So oh. I kind of understand certain things that are down there. And But, I'm, you know, I'm a northerner. Mm-hmm. I'm a, you sure are. You come from Minnesota. Yeah. It's about, <laughs> it's about as uh, cold as it gets. Yeah, we were, we were in Minnesota a month ago, weren't uh, we? Yes, we Cut. were. What for? Uh, we we uh, did a show? Yeah, we did a show. Uh, there was a big show we had was yeah. chance to rap a whole bunch of people nice. and then we went on tour with um bone Iver. yeah that's right i was gonna ask you about that because you guys are so you guys play together live right yeah so what do you what do you what do you just sing and play the piano no man i got a band right well i mean that's what i mean i was getting <laughs> so that's the part but that... i didn't use their band okay but you you pretty much just sing on tour right now you're not you have the band do all the uh all the instrumentation and stuff well, that's, that's what bands do. Right, yeah. Saxophone player plays saxophone. Right. Trombone player plays trombone. 
What do you? Are you <laughs> I guess I'm just asking. What instrument? What? What do you play? What? Now, we, uh, okay, Moogstar plays. Him, tell him he makes everything sound much, much, much bigger and professional. Right. And explain it. More like the utility man. Okay. Fill in the holes. So, like, in what sense? So, I use sense. (laughs) I use a motif, a couple of keyboards around me, you know what I mean? Where you can do, like, 16 sounds at one time. Oh, so you just have, you got, like, a big array of stuff. Yeah, just, like, three keyboards. Awesome, okay. And vocalizer and stuff underneath and make it so you can be able to do everything. And just switch the MIDI patches. And you can really just go really quickly to sounds really quickly, you know what I mean? Is that how you got your name? Uh, kind of like that. Yeah, I got it from because I bought a little Rogue Moog when I was like 19 years old. Right. And uh, first one, right? And yeah. Everybody like, oh, we like that. But my mom was kind of calling me Moogie. Really? Before that. Okay. So that's what made me want to get a Moog. That's funny. Yeah. You, wanna, you got the name. That's what's a funny way to get it. Cause, yeah. yeah. I've had to buy it. I work hard to get that Moog. I Don't. bought it at Radio Shack. Yeah, that's right, because Radio Shack <laughs> used to make those them. ones, the realistic. Yeah. That's the one I think the Ohio players use. It's that little box. The little box. black Yeah, one. a little box. It's got the, what's it called? It's called that thing where it... Um, it's the it, Rogue. It links up the notes, though, right? Because it's like a thing where it goes... Oh, yeah, with the... What's yeah. that name? It's a name uh, for that. Uh, it's yeah, like a switch you flip. With, yeah, it starts with a P. Uh, I can't think what it is, but it's like, a, yeah, it's, so, it's such a cool sound. Yeah. That's a little Radio Shack thing. I always, it was like that weird era where Radio Shack and Moog were, it's like somehow that's Kinda the same joint, thing. Yeah, yeah, a little bit together. I didn't know how that happened, but I was awesome. I'm, I'm glad that they did. Me too. Yeah, yeah they make some, some good analog products. Yeah. So I kind of took the same thing and started using it in another technology. You yes. know what I mean? And like running create. other things through it? Yeah, and then taking that sound since everybody sampled the Moog yeah. all over the place, so everybody got a Moog sound. Every keyboard company. I feel like that started with Dre, probably right with uh, I feel like the. This that's the first place I heard the Chronic because the Chronic was sampling, um, was sampling Parliament, and they used that a lot, right? Yeah. So that was it like, goes back further. Yeah, it goes back, but in terms of like when it had that resurgence, to me that's the first. Maybe maybe not just the Chronic, but also uh, what's his name Tupac. On that, in California, they have a. There's a Moog on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you, you it's that there. same one. Yeah. It's got that. Yeah. It's the same Ohio player shit. Yeah. Actually, it may even be a sample from that. I don't even know, like the funky worm or something. But yeah, that's what everybody called the worm. Yeah. Everybody, the worm sound, and then it, and everybody now got it in their keyboards now. So it's hard to break out of that because you want to have a, You don't want to just sit in that sound all the time, right? You want to have something that's different. Yeah. It's not just like. And and with the move at the old days, you know, it's like program, and then you gotta reprogram something for the next sound and redo this. You gotta keep. It's not like saving patches on those. Yeah, not, now know, there's so <laughs> so many shortcuts now. You can really. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand that. So stuff. you have I'm to create very... a sound each time you want to do it. Yeah. You know, which is okay. That that's the old way of doing it, and it taught you how to use the oscillators and the filters and go through and do all that. You know, to make everything come out what it's gonna come to get the sounds. I can't figure it out. It's great, man. That it's stuff great is great technology. It gets complicated, <laughs> especially the big ones with all the plugs in it. You see, yeah, no, yeah that yeah. stuff's nuts. So Star you bring Trek. you bring some of that to when you guys are playing, like uh, with with uh, how long have you been pl- touring with Bon Iver or Bon Iver? Right? I always yeah. say it wrong. Me too. I never get it right. Bon uh, Iver. Yeah. Some. 
Doesn't matter, right? Oh, uh, no. They, uh, so he reached out to you, huh? We just started a... What'd you say? Uh, he reached out to you to 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 ask for you to play with him? Uh, started with the record. Yeah. That was yeah. When, and it started when we was hanging out, when we went on tour with Lee Bangs. Oh, yeah, Lee Bangs. Go Bang. way back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know Lee Bangs? I don't think I do. And the Glorifies. Glorifies. No, I don't. Yeah, they got the oh, drive-by he... trucker band members with oh, their okay. band. Yeah. yeah. Leaf. Lee, Lee Bangs. Lee Bangs. I don't know. Is it like blue B- stuff? B-A-I-N-S. Okay. Uh, I'm going to answer this kind of racially. No, he's a he's a white boy. Right. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's not really blues. He's playing... It's white music. <laughs> it's, it, it, he, he's rocking, though. It's rocking, yeah. man. He's yeah. rocking like a zombie. Well, that's why I was so surprised when I found that out. I was like, I'm like, what's going on? Because it's it's a very different sound. And I was like, I could, I guess, I could see him being a big fan of yours and wanting you to mm-hmm. play with them. Or I just, it's like, I don't how this come up. It's strange to me how that came about. But Bonnevere, yeah, uh, <laughs> Bonnevere, Bonnevere, <laughs> Justin Vernon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I think he's from Minnesota, actually, or some shit like that. I think yeah, from, uh, yeah, he's got a. He's got a compound up there. Will blow your mind. Really, I haven't seen it. This motherfucker must have five thousand acres, and he's—it's his town. Yeah, they love him. This is Minneapolis. It's no. Let me see now. Outside, we flew into Minneapolis and drove to Wisconsin, or did we? Fly into Wisconsin and drive to Indianapolis. We we flew into Wisconsin. Okay, and we yeah. drove to Indiana. Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, On the way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot what I was gonna say. Anyway, <laughs> well, how how you got hooked up with him? Because you said he's like such a white guy that it's like a the the music doesn't. He heard the album. Yeah, oh. he, he he heard this album that I haven't put out. How do, you, how do you hear it if you haven't put it out? <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> he stole it? Uh, no. <laughs> and now he's dead. No. Oh, shit. <laughs> it just happened just now. You heard it first. <laughs> Lord, don't do that to him. You brought him back. Um, uh, how did you hear about it, Move? It's through uh, Lee Banks. Lee was talking about we were doing something together with him we were touring and somehow they asked you to send something or whatever and but how did that come about how did I mean, get we were it? working on a record and they wanted to hear what we did or we, what we were doing or whatever but Lee Bain was on another label in yeah, Austin yeah he was on another label and they heard about you through them and they started checking on it more and more deeper so they wanted something you got anything new and we sent them yeah and then they took, oh, that's the best thing I ever heard in my life, man. Let's work with it. So they they went on and... It turned it into, it's an electronic dance music album. Oh, yeah. right. It wasn't... This is you. Yeah. yeah. Nice. With the vocals and all that, the uh, auto tunes, all of that big stuff like Justin used on him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm no drums. No drums. No drums. Oh, they no real drums. They, they no every, drums. Period. Yeah. Damn. They dropped everything out and made it. Well, they come on some of the songs though. They put the stuff back. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. But it's more like like his stuff. When's it come out? They just filmed the video. Okay. Yeah. We did one. What's for, it? Called? I'll pretend. Hour pretend. That's the name of the song. One of the songs. 
the um the album was originally called Love, Lust, and Auto-Tune. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love, Lust, and Auto-Tune? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little Love, Auto-Tune. And... This is Auto-Tune right here. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I can sing really good now. Hey. <laughs> A lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try now? Uh-huh. <laughs> Try it. Say um, something. Say something. Um, Ooh, I like love, that. Love, lust, and auto tune. It sound great. Yeah. <laughs> so we, he's going. Matter of fact, I just got off the phone with his partner. Cool. And uh, his partner runs the record company part mm-hmm. out of Indianapolis. Um. So he's he's waiting on some mixes that's being done here in L.A. And um, they got studio here also. Nice, Mm -hmm. nice big studio. Needs steady. You know, I well I can understand it now after you know seeing his audience Uh and all because. I'm looking at this whole list of names of uh, people on tour, mm-hmm. you know, and you be looking at the box office to see what kind of money they bringing in, you know. They be bringing in like a million and a half, two million dollars a night, that kind of shit. shit. I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was, oh, this is, and. He don't even change T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> At least on a, a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> but they got nice buses. Yeah. So big, long, black buses. Yeah, and the trucks. And trucks. Rigs. I mean, yeah. just a whole highway full of shit. It's a big deal. Yeah. 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 Well, that's cool that you get, to, you get to play with them and stuff. That's, like a, that's a great thing because I feel like it's a... It's interesting how there's like this like resurgences happen in music where mm-hmm. you have someone who's from a different generation who's appealing to this a different mm-hmm. a newer generation even though they have they have they don't know anything about that but it's it just works right away mm-hmm. just because but just I mean just because it does it's like it's like most things where you have to think about it a whole lot it's just um if you like the music yeah I've been sampled by a lot of people. You remember the first time that happened? Like what you thought about it when that when that was like started off in the nineties, eighties, um, I guess. I tell you what I thought about it. It was before I had been sampled. All these old guys, and they were old guys. Mm-hmm. I would <laughs> then, but. <laughs> <laughs> That was before you were old. Yeah, and you yeah. know, they were sitting around talking about, man, them, them disc jockers, man, them white boys, they just taking all our shit and using it and, uh, you yeah. know. Greatest thing ever happened to them. I told them, I said, you dumb motherfuckers. First of all, most of you done fought and got your shit back. I said, you're getting ready to make some money now. Right. 
you know, motherfuckers selling five million motherfucking albums and you own a hundred percent of the publishing and writing on one of the songs on a nine song album. Mm-hmm. So motherfucker, you're rich. You know, if anything, you know, start mailing them motherfuckers out to other people, you know, and that's what I did. And I ended up getting hits on DMX and, oh, shit, I can't even think of all of them. What a DMX sample, do you remember? Uh, It was, uh, see, now I've always done a variety of artists Mm -hmm. because I think I like producing better than any part of really? of the music business. I okay. never really thought of it. You got no more hot coffee, man? We can get some, we get some more hot coffee in here? They're on it. <laughs> With some sugar in it. Some sugar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, I'm, he actually goes around with me so he can help me remember. <laughs> That's a cool job. <laughs> but he's starting to forget a lot. <laughs> well, he said hot coffee, so, you know. Duh. Well, I remember when you were talking about uh, the sampling and uh, yeah. about how you like producing a lot and how you got a lot of songs out yeah. there. Yeah, so. and I, oh, you, you guys were talking about the funky worm. Yeah. Man, that's how I really learned the business. I got fucked so bad with that funky worm. Really? I can still feel it crawling up my colon. Oh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What happened? I signed an artist to my label called MC Breed. Okay. And Breed had a record called Ain't No Future in Your Frontin'. It's on my label, SDEG Records. And we put it out. That motherfucker took off. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, everybody sat back. I didn't know no better. Mm-hmm. And when they got ready to pay the check, hands came from everywhere and grabbed the check mm. because he had used a sound and everything. Which was funky worm. The sound of that little worm. Yeah. And I said, man, why the fuck you do that? I said, could have done that on a keyboard or any yeah. motherfucking thing. <laughs> and that's when the guys who own Westbound, Almond Balladian, and and the other guy, that's when they, <laughs> what was that? That was a that piece was of the funky worm. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Uh, bring back bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> well, we might as well get it all out right now. Huh? <laughs> so they like basically sent you some bunch of legal crap because of the yeah. So they took it. Shit. Yeah, Just because that little sound of the little uh, right. I was trying to find that little sound in here. I don't know where it is in the song exactly, but yeah, it's uh, it's, it's not uh, yeah. signature to the song. It's just yeah, a little like little. And it just, yeah, it's not but, even music. It's just the sound. I know it, but what happens is. It's the number of times it was done. Oh, so it's repeated a lot. Yeah, all through this <laughs> motherfucker. Damn. <laughs> That's made a and, sample. Yeah. And then when I look, I listen to the whole album, I'm kind of glad in a way it didn't sell more because uh, all the songs on there were 
Oh, they're sample. Oh shit! But I didn't know it. Like the side that I like, my wife was running the record company mm-hmm. part, and I like the B side of the record, which was called "Just Kicking It." Mm-hmm. I found out that was Eddie Kendrick singing on that motherfucker, right? Uh-huh. It was a Motown rip, mm-hmm. and every song in there came from somebody else's shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> I mean, it was it damn near gave me a nervous breakdown. You just didn't realize that you got to pay for that now. It's not like it's, right. it's not 19. Well, I think that law passed in like 93 or 4 where you had to pay for samples. Yeah. Before that, it was Wild West. Like, you hear like, uh, like that second Beastie Boys album. Uh, there's like ten songs. There's like three Sly and the Family Stone song yeah. samples on one song, which is like you can't yeah. do that anymore. Uh, mm. That happened on um, uh, what, what was the name? Um, a rap group? Yes, yeah, rap group. But from the nineties? Uh, yeah, from the nineties. Um, Coffee coming in. Sugar Hill. They have, oh, Sugar Hill sample. No. Shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you want sugar, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, cream or just? Yes, cream and sugar's fine. Do you want? I'll grab some. Thank you. Give him a raise. Give uh, yourself a raise. <laughs> um, the, um, you the edit this shit, don't you? Well, no. Oh, you don't? I can if you want me to. No, I don't care. Okay. Um, We're talking about the, the rap group that got Yeah, fucked. I'm trying to... Um, the, it, was, it was two guys. Um, Eric B. and Rock Kim? No, no. They... Uh, later, earlier? Uh, later. Okay, right. now, the number one song they had in the album was called Move Something. Okay. Um... I don't know this stuff that I don't know that era that well, but I, I'm it's look kind of up, ringing a bell. Look up, move something. It's just called move something. Yeah, move something. Okay. Uh, by um, DJ Quick. No, but he he did something too. Uh, uh, oh yeah, but he they applied for a license. Hmm, I don't know what it is. I don't know who that was. Totally. Uh, Ty Two Live Two Live Crew. No. No? Talib Kowili and High Tech. Talib, Talib Kowili and DJ High Tech, yeah. Right. That's who did. Thank okay. you, man. Thanks, and man. Um, no signal. what they did, they sampled something that I did in 1970. And That's like your first album, Swamp Dog, right? Yeah, but that wasn't off of that. That was... Somebody else's album oh, so, I had produced. Okay, got it. Think by Charlie Whitehead and the Swamp Dog Band, <laughs> and it was called Shaft's Mama, <laughs> and <laughs> they sampled it, mm-hmm. and I put myself in their place, and so far as they're concerned, everybody on this record is dead, you know, right? So they ain't worried about shit. So I waited until the record was like number two, <laughs> and then I called the legal department and told them what was going on. 
I, well, no, that can't be right. That's okay. Oh, Sorry. man, that's such a smart move. You gotta wait until the record hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they'll pull it. Right. Yeah. Jesus so, they, they settled. They settled, like, within two weeks' time. Nice. And then I had another one um, by... Uh, um, it's your birthday. Gonna pawn it like it's your birthday. A uh, G unit. No, you close, but it. Oh, mob deep. No, G unit, but it's what's his name? G. Uh, Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent. Yeah, Fifty yeah. Cent. Okay. Um, they did a thing from a album I had done on Irma Thomas. Okay. And um, he had put put that in there, right? And uh, they, uh, when when Fifty Cent got shot, remember they somebody mm-hmm. shot him about eleven times. Yeah. Well, Sony thought it was bad for their image, so they cut him loose before they even put a record out. Right. So they didn't put shit out, and. Um, by not putting it out, you know, they really didn't have to pay nobody, they thought, because it was uh, just that. It had been stopped. Yeah. But what happened? Excuse me. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well finish it. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Hey man, next time we come here, have some bacon and eggs and shit. You, <laughs> you know? want that? God damn. So anyway, I'll have it. I swear to God, next time we'll have a full breakfast buffet. Yes, please. Uh, uh, but what they had done as a promotional gimmick, they had made up cassettes, mm-hmm. which was still fashionable, right? And on the cassette were snippets of about five or six songs. And my song was one of the snippets. Okay, I think it was a song called... Yeah, She'll Never Be Your Wife. Right, that's the Irma Thomas song. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. So he... um, I called Columbia, and uh, I talked to the legal department, and they basically told me, you know, to go fuck myself because it never came out. They said, we didn't release it or nothing. I said, okay. So, so I talked to my attorney. I said, man, these motherfuckers have put out a color cassette. They've given me uh, credit. You know, as the the writer, publisher, and all that shit. So, I fucked myself, too. Um, they gave me a real, real nice figure. You know, real nice five figure. And um, so I took it, and I signed off. Now, I've been thinking about being 
I ain't going to call it greedy, maybe being smarter and going back because what the attorney said, the attorney said, well, look, we don't know how many records he was going to sell. Right. So we're going to pay you on X amount of records. So, okay, that makes sense. So they did. But the damn records was sell eight million, nine million. It's a big record. Yeah. I'm still thinking about I might go there when I leave here. I was thinking about <laughs> Let's go over to Columbia. Yeah. yeah, because they based it on what they figured the first album was gonna sell. Yeah. And the first album sold millions and millions, right? Uh-huh. So I think, you know, I it don't cost my lawyer that much. You know, you end up spending four, five hundred dollars to just to find out, mm-hmm. you know. And I can find out quick if I send an attorney in there instead of me. Yeah. If if it was because there's been laws and so forth that that has been passed to protect everybody. And I, you know, I was hoping I was supposed to have a record, a song in um, what is this boy's name? It got an album out, something Avenue. Well, I don't know. He's in the top ten. He's out right now. Lamar. Ooh, Lamar. I don't know. Lamar, somebody. I just know Lamar Odom. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Lamar. Well, his name is Lamar. A uh, Ke- Kenneth Lamar. Kenneth Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's a big old deal right now. Yeah. So yeah. he he cut one of my songs. Damn. And it they sent me the paperwork. Mm-hmm. I signed it. I sent it back, and on this one. I didn't ask for a recoupable advance because mm-hmm. I knew he had just come off of a smash and I had heard about the promotion that they already had in motion. So I said, now I'm not going to be one of the greedy ones. Right. So they said, well, what you want up front? Uh, nothing. Uh, not a dime. And just want my percentage, my production credit, you know, writer's credit, that type of thing. And it was, and they had, re, the the song was coming out under the name of Niggas in Hollywood. Excuse me. But when the album came out, I didn't never hear no more back from them. You know, it was... Uh, and the the guy who was doing that licensing, I've done licensing him with him before. We did the uh, license on uh, on Kid Rock's um, "Devil Without a Call." Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I was on there. Yeah. You know, I'm singing on that. Um, hmm. I go again. Mm. But anyway, uh, anyway, it's good to it, have to it, 
that this stuff is getting sorted out. Yeah, I got a lot of shit out there. There's it's, a lot of people who are like this. I when I went to school in uh, Florida in Tallahassee, mm-hmm. there. Uh, do you know James and Bobby Purify who wrote? Um, yeah, they, they did one puppet. of my songs. They, they did. did? One, they did a thing called "You and Me Together Forever" on uh, when they were on uh, Casablanca Records. Okay. Yeah. Well, evidently, um, I think I can't remember who what which guy it was, but those guys got fucked over by that label. And um, it was Papa John, uh, Papa Schroeder. I don't know. I'm yeah, not sure what label what his it was. name was. I'm Schroeder. the puppet. Okay. Yeah. So I think Bobby was. I think James passed away, but Bobby's still around. He was. He's like working, doing yeah. like he's doing some sort of Joe job because even though that song's like a eternal hit. Yeah. Because the label back in the day, they just didn't give him their. Somehow they got. They weren't credited for. The, no, they the were record. on Bell Records, and they were uh, the one that's living. Mm-hmm. He's singing with the Five Blind Boys of oh, Alabama. Right. Oh, okay, well, yeah. that's, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> well, yes, they were. Yeah, I guess they are. They they play some big arenas, and um, and they're good. And yeah. so I walked over to. One of them, because I had only seen him on stage when we all were young, you know. Yeah. I walked over to him, and I said, nigga, you ain't blind. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. (laughs) He said, he said, I know that. <laughs> I said, well, I said, okay, no problem. So was uh, he's not pretending to be blind uh, though, is he? Huh? He's not pretending to be blind, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, because you know somebody well, lead them all out on stage. You know how you think they get around? I don't know. They walk like a <laughs> like a train. You know, Jeez. I'm holding your elbow, you holding his elbow, yeah. and we just follow each other. Well, you gotta, it's the hustle, right? Yeah, it worked. It worked. So That's funny. I know the manager. He's a real nice guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he, uh, I asked him, I said, I can't think of his name. I said, how can I become one of the blind boys? He said, just keep your eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I said, well, I've been Now, he did. My man, whether it was Bobby or James, mm-hmm. um, he did have cataracts. Okay. So I guess as long as you got some kind of eye problem, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, so that, that counts. It's good enough. Got cataracts. <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. wait long enough, we all get them. I think. Yeah. yeah. I hope That's not. cool. You mean? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm expecting <laughs> to get him. I'm not saying anything. You're not going to get Cadillacs or anything. We'll get you a Cadillac. Yeah, yeah Cadillac. So, I, well, he had a Cadillac. Oh, he's got Cadillacs? Fine, he's in the band. He's a Cadillac. You sound like, sound like Oriental. Cut <laughs> me a brand new Cadillac. <laughs> I mean, cut that I feel out. like we have to start wrapping it up here. Why? Because we got him because we only I, have so much time here. I thought it was your show. Well, it is my show. When, I, when I'm here, it's my show. Yeah, it's not like I own the place or anything. Uh, oh, you don't own it? No, I don't. Oh. I own the show, but not the not the building. 
Yeah. How much time we got? No, we are we a good time or what? Five minutes. Okay. Five. Well, I I do want to ask you about that song. If it hadn't been for Sly. Yeah. You wrote that was like a 1971. You wrote that right or 70 or something. 72. Yeah. 72. So that song is uh, people haven't heard it. Listeners haven't heard it. It's a really cool song. Excuse me. Got another one now called. Us, uh, what is it called? Tell me where it's like. Oh, yeah, where? I yeah. thought that's what you're talking about, but that's yeah, on that. That's, that's on the new album. It's okay. Somebody tell me where it's like. Yeah. Okay, so I guess that kind of leads into my question because he's he's still alive. He's still around. He's in L.A. He just got five million dollars three right. weeks ago. <laughs> have you have you connected with him at all? I tried, but he's pretty far out, huh? He's pretty uh. Yeah, I've heard some stories, different stories. Yeah, I don't know. You know, some some things best left alone mm-hmm. by certain people. Yeah, you know, and I guess he's, you know, hey, he's he's one of my idols. Yeah, he's was so, the first thing I the first like when I got into soul music and and R and B and funk stuff. That's how I got into it, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he really is like. I guess what my question is is about that was so so recently on the heels of his fame because like, I feel like he kind of became big like '68, right? It was when Dance to the Music came yeah, out. Yeah, I so, think so. Like when you what when you're talking about that and that song, um, like I guess what what do you mean specifically? Because it's so it's like I feel like his fame hadn't really we didn't realize. No, but he had given us something. That people were using the Temptations that already had a hit with it, mm-hmm. which was boom, 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 yeah. boom, yeah, 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 and um, that's what I was saying. If it hadn't been for Sly, I wouldn't have had no boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had right. no yeah, 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 yeah. I wouldn't have had no whatever that other thing was. Yeah, and I wouldn't have that sound because it's it's like a weird sound where it's like uh, it's kind of um. I don't think I how to describe it. It's like it's sassy in a way. It's like this thing where it's not like the old R and B where it's kind of locked in. There's suits. It's that that mm-hmm. crazy psychedelic exactly. thing where it's yeah. exactly uh, that mixture of it, which is was such a influential thing. It's so cool to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you do a lot of that stuff in, in your records too, where it's that that mixture of like this R and B. It's it's really rooted and it's got all the typical sounds but it's at the same time it's really expressionistic and kind of like it's aggressive that's yeah. what i mean it's aggressive my it's shit, not like my shit goes back to about 1948 is where i start pulling ideas from mm-hmm. amos milburn wound harris uh got it they were like the end of the 40s and then going into the 50s because that's the era I grew up in right. and that's what I uh, I got a fart <laughs> go for it I'll put the echo on Motherfucker don't feel right <laughs> I bet that do that yeah it'd be a lump of potatoes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to do. We obviously have to do another podcast at some point because it's all the stuff I want to ask you about. But that's like the big part about your music. We never really got into is that you just have all the stuff that's super political and like really offensive and really mm-hmm. like uh, very. You don't pull any punches ever. Right. How did how when did you start doing that? And like, was there like a thing that sort of yeah. was like, it was like a it's, switch that flipped in no, your brain I, at all? I have been. I'm from the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a lot of things. I haven't seen as much as the people in Mississippi and so forth, but I'm from Virginia. 
And um, I just, um, things built up in me and and things developed in me. Take, for instance, like if I was walking down the street and a white man was coming towards me on that same street, I don't care if it was 19 cars out there going 90 miles an hour, I had to step out into the street and let him have the sidewalk, you know. Or he was authorized to kick my ass, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's one of the little minor things. And shit like that grew and grew and grew. And, you know, then the school thing and all that. um, I didn't realize that uh, my cup was running over. You know, it just, I didn't realize I had a spot that was holding all that shit in. Right. And so one day it just came out as Swamp Dog. I went in the studio and I started recording things that um, I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's how that first album, I, um, I, I saw actually the, I pictured the world actually coming to an end, and uh, a lot of my songs went that way. This is total destruction of your mind, right? Yeah, the first one. And I, I, I still see um, the world coming to maybe not an end, but not much of it left. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, big changes. Yeah, like Trump. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a. I mean, we could spend it all day talking about that shit. Yeah, but I don't. I don't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, matter of fact, I'm gonna ask you a quick question because I had asked my audience that other night. I said, ask him if anybody could tell me why Trump was throwing throwing rolls of paper towels at the Puerto Ricans yeah. in Puerto Rico. Do you know? I think, uh, well, the, the, the basic answer is to give them to them so they could, oh, sure, coffee, so they could uh, clean up the, the flood mess. But I think the bigger answer is because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's all he can. He knows what to do. It's like I mean, a roll know, of paper towel. Yeah, it's like it's one of the dumbest things. When someone told me about that video, I didn't believe them. When I saw it, I'm like, How? this is this is like a nightmare. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. It's like of all the things, you might as well be throwing fucking rolls of toilet paper at people. I know. You gotta go wipe your ass, you dirty piece of shit. Like, right. it's like exactly. It's just the the weirdest thing. It's like the most. <laughs> it's so offensive, oh, but Lord. it's just like such a, you can't believe it. You can't believe it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. and I I haven't written any songs about Trump. Mm-hmm. I don't plan to write no songs about Trump. I pretend that Trump is not there, but, and that's it, because I, I took on Nixon, mm-hmm. and I ended up on his, Hit list. Oh yeah. shit! Well, he's dead. Yeah, I know it, but I know the bullshit that I went through. I got kicked off of Electra. Damn. Because uh, of Nixon. 
Yeah. Wow, and, I didn't know that. And, okay. You know, I had the FBI all over me and shit. God damn. And because I was running with Jane Fonda, mm-hmm. see, and she was she was, she was like the magnet. And then when they got there and they looked and they said, wow, Swamp Dog, Dick Gregory, uh, Peter Boyle, all that. Uh-huh. We were all together and we were doing shows, you know, uh, FTA shows, Free the Army. Okay. And um, I ended up, and I said, I ain't fucking with no more presidents because number one, they're not real anyway because we really don't pick them. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so why get all involved? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not writing shit about Trump because he more like it could kill what little momentum I got. You know, Let him wither on the vine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wish we could uh, go longer, but we're going we're gonna to make this an adjournment. We have to do it again. Okay. If oh, yeah. you're down. I like that. I will have a big old buffet. Oh, oh yeah. Swamp Dog, Moogstar, thanks for coming here. I love the tape. Hey, I appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Fart now. Fart. I want to. <laughs> no, that ain't just a fart. I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm familiar with that. I'm going to leave us with this. Okay. We're going to be creeping away. Everyone, where should people find your stuff? Where should people check you out, by the way? Like, just internet? Yeah. They, okay. Yeah, yeah. Go to Swampdog. I think Swampdog.net. Swampdog.net, two Gs on the swamp, on the dog. Yeah, I think. I either just look up Swampdog because I understand that yeah. my... That my... Dot com. That my... Yeah, well, my... They'll figure it out. Somebody has been fucking with it. Bye bye. Bye Here we go. Reap out. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Wampa. Thank you, man.